0: put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Ephesians 6:17 New living translation strikers today we're back on the armor of God and today we will be discussing the sandals of peace. Mm. next on the mighty anvil. Mm.
1: God, you are my smith. Forge me into the servant that you would have me be. Hit me hard enough to brush the scale and impurities from my life. Draw out my life to the length that you would have it. Make me tough enough to resist persecution. And temper me so that I am hard enough to withstand my temptations. Lord, as I go through life, put me back in the fire from time to time to repair me as I could blemish with sin. And when my life is over and the fires of life are all quenched, grant me a home with you in heaven. Amen.
0: Amen. Yeah. welcome alan welcome back to another exciting welcome week.
1: Back, welcome, welcome back welcome back welcome back
0: well, we're, <laughs> we're gonna have a
1: do. jingle like every single time i i have i had two but i was singing one last night and shannon was like that's what you want to sing to our son i was like babe it's mighty max <laughs> <laughs> do you guys remember mighty max i don't remember no. mighty max no it no, was no, like it a cart they had a cartoon <laughs> and then they had like you guys know Polly pocket
0: yes uh, yeah yeah
1: so, okay. Mighty Max is the same thing. It's the boys' oh, okay. version of Polly Pocket. You had a little capsule thing, you like opened up like a clamshell, and there's a figure with an evil bad guy. Yeah. Gotcha. It was the, it was the opening song credits of the, like the, uh, the cartoon.
0: Well, I feel like this has think. been a thing the past couple of weeks, so maybe mm-hmm. I should sing Gumby. Sit right back and you hear it. No. <laughs> oh. He Sit once right was a little green slab of clay, Gumby, but you should see what Gumby can do today. Gumby. he can walk into any book with his pony pal Pokey too. If wow. you've got a heart, then Gumby's a part of you. That's I awesome. love it. I
2: forgot <laughs> fantastic, or just never knew that Gumby had a theme song. I just knew Gumbie. Yes.
1: I just knew Gumby, and he would just like,
2: like yeah, like I don't forget about his pony pal Pokey. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm I'm, I'm Gumby, If I crank that's that that was the deer, right? No, no that's he the was green a guy. green slab of clay. Yeah. No, see. Oh, okay. Yes. I, you know, it's really, it's embarrassing to say this. I get, I think I get Gumby and Bambi ah. often mixed up. They, they sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> I think they might even be spelled the same. Except yeah. for the and first it's, letter. it's in the blurry season of my life, right? <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> the <laughs>
1: ethos of like pre
0: twenties.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, Oh my,
2: uh, Alan, what do we have
0: at Grace? Grace Point Family Church. I'm getting it right. I need to take the initials off until I get it, but yeah. So
1: at Grace Point Family Church coming up, we have our Easter uh, celebration that's uh, on the 16th. Easter is the 16th, correct?
0: I believe it, I believe you're correct. Thank
1: you. It's on the 16th. Uh, coming up, you can go to gracepointfamilychurch.com for more details. Uh, other than that, we still, well, still, we always have our permanent food bank in uh, Anna, Texas, um, located at 505 North Powell Parkway. For those of of us that find ourselves to be food insecure at any point in time, uh, stop in on Mondays and Wednesdays from 4 to 7 p.m. And also on Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon, uh, we can set you up a little shopping cart and uh, you can actually go around and, and do some shopping. Um, it was funny, Pastor Leif, he, he mentioned that uh, they somebody shoplifted because they didn't understand that all the food is free. <laughs> like, we will help you out to your car to Put it in your car it's, it's all free you don't have to worry about like running in and, and running out to your car because you, you need food and this is the place to no i mean just come in come in we will welcome you in we will welcome you out we will pray for you while you're there and um we will set you up with food that you your family will actually enjoy eating
0: i find it funny I mean, it's it's free, guys. It, don't. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, no... it, it is it is a little funny when you hear about it, when you think about it. But then at the same time, it's like, well, I mean, maybe maybe
0: they didn't know. Obviously, is it shoplifting if it was free? <laughs> I no, guess,
2: I guess it's about I guess to it's... get the heart right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> okay. what else do you
2: have going?
1: Uh, other than that, we also have our serve day coming up on April the second. Oh, that's already passed.
0: Yes. Never mind. It is April the second today, so hopefully mm. you were serving somewhere serving yeah. others
1: i'm serving my family oh yeah yeah uh, i don't know if that counts i'm not sure
0: that uh you'll get credit yeah something you should be doing like uh have valentine's day you know why do we celebrate once a year that we love our other significant mm-hmm. other when it should be three well why do we
1: make a big show of it once a year right when yeah every day
0: yep at Elevate Live Church, guys, we have April 9th, Parent Summit. So, uh, if you are in need of some uh, parenting skills, uh, I'm sure we can pick them up there. It's been a while since I've been to one. Might need to go back myself. April sixteenth, uh, Easter egg show, Easter egg show, Easter egg hunt, and car show at Elevate Live Church. And then April sixteenth and seventeenth, we have our C production. Uh, brace, embrace events coming up April 29th through May 1st. Adoptive family camp out at Lake Whitney State Park. Um, May, I haven't got the date there still. I should uh, maybe check on that this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we have a golf tournament to raise some funds for the uh, foster kids. And then June 8th, Child to Family Connection uh, Adoption event at uh, Preston Wood Baptist Church. So check those out. Also, um, going back to Cali. Callie. Callie. I going, I
1: going, yeah. back, back to Cali.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, I didn't know I stepped is, into the rapper studio. Yeah. Right, right. This is this is why we're on a podcast, this not is in why. the studio. I, I, I would have warmed up my voice before we started.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, going back to uh, LA Dream Center uh, this year, uh, last year, I would say that uh, out of everybody telling me that it's going to change your life, and it took day four for that to happen, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it again this year. Most specifically is uh, Alyssa, my daughter, is going to be going with me. Awesome. Um, for those who know my story, I'm the only one in the house that is um, faith-based and goes to church and believes in God, um, which this is why it's impactful to me or important for me that my daughter's going this time to see others helping people in the way that we should be doing life. And uh, so, yeah, uh, excited for that. We are at fifty-eight percent each of us uh, for the funds that we're trying to raise for the okay. so strikers. If y'all could uh, help us out a little bit, every little bit hurt, uh, hurts. <laughs> every every little bit hurts when it's it comes to asking. It's all appeal from here. It's all appeal from here. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Yes. Um. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Uh, Jorge, a friend of ours. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Had mentioned that. Hey, you should just go on Facebook. Because mm-hmm. I have over a thousand friends, mm-hmm. and if they all just give donate a dollar to Alyssa and I, we should have it, right? Yeah. So that's kind of, I'll
2: put that out there. It's hard or for me just to ask one for friend, thousand dollars. Yes. So for those who have that to give, we'll be expecting it. Yes. yes. Us. Check is in the mail. <laughs> Check's in the mail.
0: <laughs> I got your dollar for you, man. There you all right. you go. There you go. All right, uh, Strikers. Uh, today uh, on the show. Um, it's a very important episode for me, um, and I'll just cut to the chase. So, last week we, during Mighty Men, we had um, a discussion about life-defining moments, and uh, we have two gentlemen other than, in this room other than me that have been part of those life-defining moments for me, and I almost I say it all the time, but. I'd like to not have those moments define me. I want to define those moments. So life defining moments is is interesting. But these definitely did impact me. Um, let me start with with uh Alan. You know, I prayed for Hoosier Three. You know, you've heard you've heard about Who's Your Three at church mm-hmm. for you know, ever since I've been there. And I've been there almost eighteen years and at that time I had I had no Hoosier 3. I don't know why I want to keep saying that. But uh, what I heard was, hey, just the next guy that you uh, see standing alone, just go up and talk to him, start talking to him. So started talking to Alan. Um, and it, it, it threw me off. It threw him off? Yes. <laughs> I was like, why is this? I was like, uh-huh. hey, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> respect my space. <laughs> but it was one of those things. And then uh, so we became friends, and he was doing another podcast at the time. He asked for me to be on it. This is a real short condensed uh scenario but you know it's like i would not ne- this is not who i am well then here we are and you know uh I, it's even gone it's a, even further out than this uh i started another company and where i'm at today with the podcast and, and uh maps is uh, you know it was that you the catalyst that started all this and i thank you very much because Now I'm able to have something that I can use. I have uh, vases that God can fill up and I can help change the world through here. The other person that is uh, with us today, and I'll I'll introduce you, I'll tell you, it's uh, Mike Michael Delathemia. Close. It's close. It's so close. (laughs) close and just say uh della femina della femina michael <laughs> and you would think that i would get this right for as much or as important as he is in my life which is weird because we don't hang out that much nope. but you have a place in my heart for always mm-hmm. for what you've done for me mm-hmm. um what an amazing weekend that was so uh back in 2019 we were going through Soulcon. part of the soul was to Find something that you are afraid of, something that, that keeps you from being the best you you can be, and face it. So I told, that was during the summertime-ish, and I told uh, the guys that we were going through SawCon with, I was like, look, uh, I am very claustrophobic, and uh, one of the things that has a big fear for me is putting on those, those heads... Uh, for the Christmas productions, mm-hmm. Santa Claus. I think Santa Claus. The, ma- maybe. the mascots. Yeah. Yeah, the mascot stuff. Uh, that morning, when I when it was time for me to be Mister Snowman, you could I, I had my watch on. You could watch when I walked into the building. My heart rate went up. Walking to the offices, it was still elevated. I put on the bottom part of the snowman or the, I think it was a snowman. I think it was a snowman. I put it on the bottom part, not a problem, but then you could see my heart rate go up when I put the, the head on and, uh, I took it off. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. I, <laughs> I wasn't crying cause this was, this was very hard for me. I put it back on and I'd start panicking like immediately. And, uh, Uh, Brian was with me and he, you know, kind of walked around. He said, I'll be here. I'll be standing next to you so that you can, and you know, that didn't help knowing, even knowing that I had someone on my side. Um, But I felt like Michael saw something happening and saw me stressing out to where uh, he prayed peace over me. And, um, man, I'm thankful for that because i It was such a, it was such a lesson or it's not, it's not left me since that point. Um, so I can't express to you how important, well, that's, that's the reason why you are so important to me, even though we we're not hanging out every weekend, but, uh, yeah, it was something. Once that prayer was done, my heart rate was in around 85 the rest of the morning. Wow. Nice. Where it was when I was putting on the head, it got up to 125 beats per minute. Sure. So, it was it was something. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty elevated for you. So to be able sure. that that prayer of peace that you prayed over me. Yeah. Uh, like I said, it's it's still here. Like I still get like we're going through through some things in my family right now. That my wife asks, "How come you're so calm? This is like freaking me out. Why are we? Why? And I for a couple of reasons, one, I, I just I'm calm now. Every, like I when I am going through my faith, my walk with God, uh, there were a, my perspective has changed as well. It has gone from, you know, where are the miracles, what's going to be good, what's going happen to me to I'm just searching for peace now within within God. finding God's peace within me and working that because that's what I need and that's what I need to demonstrate in my house. Mm. So with all that said, uh, today we're going to talk about the sandals of peace Mm. and just off the cuff, we're doing something a little bit different. (laughs) I was telling uh, Michael that uh, we typically will send out show notes and kind of give them some questions to think about for a whole week, but we just did a quick little uh, statement and what we're going to talk about. So these questions are Why do you think peace is associated with the sandals?
2: Hmm. Well, I always always associated shoes, obviously, with walking. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think sometimes we walk with burdens, we walk with stress, we walk with fears. We walk into things with a mindset or a belief that something's wrong and that we're in danger. But not just that we're in danger, but that... Within that danger, there's there's no light at the end of the tunnel, and I think walking into something with the mindset of mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what I face, God's got it, or walking into this this storm, if you will, right? Um, Matthew eight thirty two, twenty three. I'm sorry, Matthew eight twenty three, uh, when Jesus is in the boat and the storm is going on around, and, and he's sleeping, because they're moving, they're moving, but it doesn't matter what's around them as they move because God know, Jesus knows that everything's okay. And I think that that's similar to the sandals, is that they represent an aspect of walking through your life with a belief in faith that doesn't matter what I walk into, what walks up to me, what's around me, that there's going to be an aspect that as long as I walk in with the belief that God's got me, and I got him, and I could face the largest Goliaths, or I could have the most sunny, peaceful days. Either way, God's got it. And so I can rest in that. Within that faith, I can rest in the fact that I am protected, I am provided for, and I am seen um, my entire life.
0: Wow, that was well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, uh pieces uh you know putting the sandals on and i'm not having to worry about the stones and the pebbles that i'm walking on but i kind of after i say that it kind of does make sense i know and there's there's reassurance that um that i can walk in that i'm not going to step on a stone and it's going to hurt so and
2: those things in life those are the stones right Mm -hmm. so interesting it's good too yeah well that part of it though i've never actually that's a good point i never thought about if i didn't have shoes on you know the ground which I walked on would be painful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's just as much profound. I, 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 that's a, I've, Over the years, I've thought about this, you know, where it says the shoes of peace and the armor of God. Many times I've never, ever thought of that because <laughs> I've always thought, San, you know, well, it, it's always in reference to being a warrior. And so when you look at the armor as a warrior, um, in my mind, I don't even think about the, the the pebbles that are underneath my foot. I think about war, who I'm going to war against. And so in, in regards to having something under your feet, um, I love that because again, it's protection from not just what you're facing, but, but the very ground in which you stand on. And I think that's a great representation of saying, it's not just about walking what I'm going to face as I walk, but it's also about what, what, what gives me conflict and plane in which I, and where I stand, because it's not always what that, what we're about to face, but it's also what we're facing in this moment. Right. Um, it's it's like it's like it's like where he says the, the lamp is the light into my feet the lamp into my feet and the light into my path. That to me I've always saw that as addressing two things: where you are and where you're going, mm. right? Because it's talking about where your feet are. The lamp into my feet is not talking about walking. It's talking about where I'm standing. So it's showing you where you are, and then and then the light into my path. The path is showing you where to go. And so the cool thing about what you just said is like the rep. That's the coolest thing about God is every there is no there is no minuscule detail that's that's insignificant. Yeah. And so just the aspect of a shoe keeping you from a pebble is protecting you where you are. And then walking forward is protecting you to where you're going. So I think that's a great that's a great point.
0: Yeah, Wow, well, you uh, definitely put some seasoning on that. So I like that. that, was, that was <laughs> Italian awesome. seasoning is Italian really what that was. It's, it's, it's not only for my to...
2: ethnicity, but also on all my food. Italian seasoning goes on it. <laughs> <laughs> Describe peace. Sure. Man, it's been a tough one. to do, to. Just, it's changed all the time over the years. And the reason for, and I'll give context before, and I won't be long-winded, but when God talks about, I give you peace, not as the world gives, to me, that's saying you can get it wrong. And... You can, you can have peace of the world. You can have peace of God. Mm-hmm. And so over the time, I think it's often knowing also for me, I didn't grow up a Christian. Um, I was the first Christian in my family, believer in Christ and, and walking out my faith. And so I didn't, I didn't understand what godly peace was. Um, and also with my story, you'll understand why too. Uh, so for me, identifying that, defining peace has been a journey because every time I think I'm, I'm walking in the peace of God, I define it in the moments, right? In the moments I go, man, this, this doesn't seem to be having the effect that biblically I'm supposed to have. Mm-hmm. So I define peace in the moments. I check in with myself and realize, ah, oh, dang it, like that's that's the world's definition of peace subconsciously that I'm choosing to be activated in and not the biblical version of peace. So what I believe peace is, peace is the serenity of knowing that everything is taken care of by God. Right, so again, Matthew eight twenty three, I think, is has always been one of my pillars for for peace to understand, because it has nothing to do with not having conflict. This obviously, they were there was they were literally in the midst of an ocean with a storm around them. That's like as as conflicting as you can get. In the essence of literally, not even the boat was stable in which they were on. Right, mm-hmm. nothing mm-hmm. was stable. Everything was unstable, and Jesus is sleeping because he ain't worried. Cause he's sitting there going, okay, I got this. Like, I already know everything's okay. So why do I need to have anything other than peace? And so to me, peace, when I look at it that way, it's having, and then he says, what, you know, come through Why?" And the disciples are like, aren't you going to do something? And he's like, Hey, why do you have such little faith? And so to me, I think peace is defined as the ability in this case to sleep, right? Or to rest or to be in a place of serenity because you have faith that God has everything under control.
0: What uh, worldly peace? Like what does that look like?
2: I mean, what yeah. can be tricking tripping you up? What, you know, Absolutely. So what trips me up is that I grew up thinking peace was the absence of conflict or the absence of anything that has turmoil, tribulation, discomfort, agitation, frustration, challenge anything of that nature to me, if that was there, peace cannot be had. And so mm-hmm. and so what do we what did I grow up doing? I looking to remove the challenge, so therefore I would only be left with the peace. Right? We 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 watch these movies where peace is looked at in the mists of these places where everything is just beautiful around and there's no, you're in a forest, right? These movies, the the way they declare it. And I think in a sense, that's good, right? Even Psalms 23 says, um, uh, I I rest in green meadows, right? And I I walk beside still waters. So there is an aspect of being able to, I think, to be resting with God, knowing that things are still. But I think the worldly aspect says, you only get to have peace when there isn't something coming against you. Right? We think about peace in war. Yeah. Well, we look at peace and we say, well, peace means that we're not fighting each other anymore. Right? Okay. Well, in in one form, I guess that can be defined as peace because there isn't that conflict. I guess you could say, yes, the conflict is not there. But then you could also say, how can we come to a place where even when we don't agree, we can still be at peace with one another? Right? I am also not the only Christian in my family, and my family all knows my faith, and uh, I was even just recently speaking of if I can go a little farther into yeah, this. Sure, okay? sure. I just think it's, it's in light of what you what you mentioned, it might be applicable. So I was sp- speaking with my brother not 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 too long ago, and um, and he, we had just a very candid. And I want to respect his 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 words, so I'm gonna try to uh, do it as vague as I can. But the point was is that we've we've never really had the same aspect, other than we were really just kids. We've always had different views on faith. Um, or on God, rather. Is that a better way to say it? And so um, we talked about how in our in our communication, how that has been, let's say, a challenging aspect of our relationship over the years um, and a viewpoint of understanding that, hey, we don't see the same way, but it, this is a really big part of who we are. But I realized is that we were able to... As I communicated to him, I think that regardless of what we disagree on, we can always be in relationship and in unity. And I think within unity, there can be peace and understanding that I'm in peace with Like I look at my brother and I say, I'm not better than you. You're not better than me. We don't agree on who God is and what this world is. But guess what? I'm not perfect and neither are you, so let's love each other for the things we agree on. Let's have let's have mature conversations about that which we don't, and learn to respect each other in a way that says, hey, we may not agree, but I still love you and you still love me, and that's awesome. So let's 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 do relationship with the best way that we can, understanding that we don't have to be in agreement with everything we do, and we can be at peace with that. Meaning there doesn't have to be a stressful moment. It doesn't have to be this point of contention, this point of conflict internally every time we hang out or every time we talk mm-hmm. and so i think in the definition of the worldly peace we can get to a place where that's where only there happens to be peace and our relationships and our moments and our circumstances where where there isn't a challenge and i just think that's that's impossible to live that means peace is only coming when the ingredients are just right right mm-hmm. peace is only coming when things around you are just right right it's like the it's like the the old the the story with the with the porridge right three oh, boy, yeah right? three bears just right right mm-hmm. and so it's like you only get to have it when it's just rather Than that you're screwed, you know. And so like, <laughs> and I just don't think that's a I don't think that's what God tells us in His Word. Is peace is not something you get to have every once in a while. It's a point of mindset. It's a point of belief. It's a point of where you get to put the faith in, not the absence. So you've probably we've heard this adage before. It's not the absence of conflict, but it's the presence of someone you've ever heard that before, someone say peace is not the absence of not having a challenge, but it's the faith that the person who's with you has already have the challenge under control. So there's no reason to worry about it because the absence of peace is worry. It's it's saying, mm-hmm. I I see a danger. I'm now concerned. I'm worried. I'm afraid. And so if you have faith about something, then you don't have to worry or be afraid. It doesn't matter what's in front of you. It's a matter of how you view what's in front of you. It's not a matter of what storms around you. How do you choose to view the storm and what's... What power is greater than the storm? And so, therefore, peace is now a mind comes from a mindset. It comes from an act of faith, a choice rather than a circumstantial ingredients. Just right, just you know. Right.
0: So I'm blown away. You know, yeah, i yeah. had a conversation with. I've, we've had lunch before, and I'm like, I'm always like, wow, this kid is. I say kid because I'm probably twice your age, but uh, <laughs> sorry, we like, won't
2: we won't go into that.
0: Sorry, <laughs> it's, right. it's uh yeah, just listening to you, I could do that all day. Um, okay
1: why do you think that in today sure why do you think that we have so much so much unpeace so much turmoil i mean even though yeah. so like you just like you said even though we can respectfully disagree on certain things yeah um we're not going to be in, agree- in agreement on everything but why is it that we can't still have peace with everybody
2: sure hmm. so i think that would be to answer in full would probably take a lot a lot of time, <laughs> a lot of study, and to do it right, probably a lot of prayer. So uh, I can't do all of that now, but I will give a couple things that come to mind sure. on, on what I think are reasons why at least a couple things that, that why we're not in peace in a lot of areas in our world. One, um, misunderstanding. Easily. Because if you don't, if we're not, if we're not on the same page about what's going on, then then we're fighting a battle that's almost impossible to win. In other words, we're always crossing paths. I think it's like, I mean, um, I, you have a, a fight with your spouse and she thinks you're, she's upset because um, the pot was put on the wrong part of the stove. And so she's like, why don't you respect my area in her mind? And you think that, oh, like the pot on the stove, oh, so I, I you know, it must leave a mark. Somewhere that I that I was messing up. okay, so then you start it's like, okay, I can fix the mark, I can do this, I can I can try to, you know, we'll get the right thing. And she's like, it doesn't matter. You're like, I don't get' I don't get it. I thought that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you do this hour fight until you realize you're upset for the wrong reason. So you're fighting, but you're moving and in, in, in crisscross directions. And so if you it's a misunderstanding the whole time, where if we just knew, okay, you're upset about the mark and you're upset about the respect of my area. Oh well, I've always respected your area, and I can help you with the mark. Boom, and you realize maybe the solution may not be there, but you're but 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 the conflict is no longer because when we have misunderstanding, if we're not on the same page, we're we're, we're not able to move in the same direction. And I think, I think misunderstanding can can mess things up a lot. So that's one. But I think more than anything, even if you have a misunderstanding, and I'll, so that's probably as surface level as I can get. Misunderstanding or just straight up disagreement right? You just, yes. you just don't agree. That's the surface of it. But in my opinion, it doesn't matter how many misunderstandings you have. It doesn't matter how many disagreements you have. If on a deeper level, you can be emotionally, I'm going to use some terms that I guess, and I understand for any listeners that, you know, you, you might realize that our v- vocabulary may not be yours, but um, try to understand the heart of it. Um, if you don't have, if you can have some emotional intelligence, some emotional control self-control and and emotional uh, maturity in the proper perspective it does it should never ever matter how much conflict disagreement misunderstanding you have because you should be willing to say okay i feel this you feel that are we able to stay in a place of peace and unity and not just calamity where we can come to an agreement that we don't have to agree on everything but We can find common ground and see how we can move forward in that and even if we disagree you have your home i have my home cool i respect your home i don't have i don't have to to hate your home to love my home i don't have to throw rocks at your home to plant flowers in mine i can let you plant yours knowing that i don't agree with your color and you can and you can i can plant mine knowing that you don't like my color and we can say hey i respectfully i respectfully disagree and i still love you and i think that would probably be a couple of things deeper um even more so than that or or i would say even equivalent to that i think the reason why we don't have peace um wrong intention of life meaning if you desire i think anyone in this world if you desire something great enough and it's possible to be had you'll get it for the most part or you, or or you'll you'll fight tooth and nail to get it right? And if that desire is not to have unity, if the desire is to be powerful, if the desire is to be influential in a, in a in a selfish way, wealthy in a selfish way, right? Being influential and wealthy are great things, but with the wrong motive, they can be destructive, right? If the goal is to be the most popular, if the goal is to have all these things, then instead of the desire being people then you'll do whatever you need to do to get that even if the man's trample people along the way mm-hmm. and if we trample people along the way there's no place for unity there's no place for peace within our relationships within our world because now we're not fighting for each other we're fighting for some some tan some non-tangible um mm-hmm. Probably desire to be filled, which then leaves people along the way. But that that that's the difference between I think some worldviews and what God's worldview. The number one commandment that God gave was love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Both of those focuses are are people. Yep. God is a person. People are your neighbor is a person. And if we f- if we were able to focus on people rather than just obtaining power or just just obtaining at its most raw form money influence again all those things are not bad in as long as they're in the in in the in the right context but if you seek those things and you don't seek to help people along the way or as the motivation then it's it's like uh it's like a frat party yeah you just do what feels good yeah right and all of a sudden some days are fun some days are not what well, 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 one day, one, one moment, you're feeling good because you're sitting in the corner talking with your buddies, and the other dude's getting beat up in the other in the other room, and the other dude's laid out on the floor because they had a bad night. And the other one one girl's crying on the couch, and you know, like, and you're like, this is the opposite of peace right now. Right. <laughs> but it, but it, but it is the emotional. Uh, it is the emotional. It is the, the the journey of having an emotional satisfaction in a way that is not going to actually lead to anything satisfying or at least peaceful. And so I think those are a couple of reasons why we don't, we don't live in, live in peace. Um, and just, ob- I mean, there's a lot, but yeah, I'll probably stick with those okay. just so I don't take too much of your time. No, no, that's fine.
1: <laughs> um, I was going to say, I think it's interesting that you mentioned, um, it, it made me think of my kids and it's it was interesting that you mentioned, uh, you know, being able to understand like, hey, you're upset because of this. Mm-hmm. I'm upset because of this. Right. Let's find a mutual ground. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that we do that with kids, but we don't do that with each other. We don't like, as when we grow up, it's like we age out of that or we Mm -hmm. we choose to age. I don't know what happens, but something happens where we don't do that anymore. All of a sudden it's like, well, you know, I like the purple car and you like the green one. And because you don't like, yeah, we're enemies now. Well, you like this brand of car, and I like this brand. Of, you know, you like Colgate toothpaste, and I like—I right. don't know, whatever.
0: Boy, well, it does speak so much to where we are in the world. It's—it's it's weird though, because yeah. with
1: my kids, that's—that's that's what I do with Isaiah. Well, not Aviana because she's not old enough yet, but with Isaiah, that's what I do. Like, hey, I understand. No, no, you validate your feelings. Feelings. Not saying that you—you you know, yeah, sure, you can have a heyday and, and throw and throw a tantrum anytime sure. you want to. No, but hey, listen, I understand you're upset because mm-hmm. you want to play with toys and it's time to go to bed. Yeah. However, here's what we need to do right now. Right. I'm upset because you're not listening to me. Let's find a mutual right. ground. Let's put the toys away for now. We can pick them up first thing in the morning. Or you know, hey, I'll give you another 5 minutes with your toys and right. then you can then we're going to do right. what I want, the, what we need to
2: do. Right. Now here's the cool, But here's the thing too I think that you're mentioning in there that I, you're not saying but I see it is why do you have that conversation with your child? The re so like, like not necessarily sorry let, let me re- rephrase so you so I get more specific sure. not why did, why is that your approach why what is your heart on even choosing to try to find common ground with this other person for a beneficial result like what, Like why why would you even go through the effort of doing that I think at the end of the
1: because I, I want to explain why we do certain things and and not like a we're doing this because dad said to I want to explain mm-hmm. that here's our routine here's what we do here's how we act here is you know how we respect other sure. people here's you know and so that because the, the the other thing i've heard from like a parenting class is the way that you raise your child is the way that he treats the world sure so if you yeah, yeah. don't take the time to explain like hey there are certain things that we're not allowed to do hmm. there are certain things and you know sure there's they grow up and they do their own thing at some yeah. point but for the most part if you don't if there's no boundary set right Do you end up having this chaotic, you know, supernova that's going out in life and doing whatever they want to go do, to an extent? But
2: now, for correct. But why? To find peace within that relationship. But why? So it's this Hmm. is this is an actual practical. um, What I'm doing now. It's 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 annoying when kids do it, but actually, (laughs) Ah. but but when you if you do it with yourself and yourself, it's actually a great way to find your your truest motive, if you have the patience. So. Yes. So yes, to find peace. Yes, because you want them to treat the world good. But why? Why do you want them to do that? Why do you want them to have peace? Why do you want to have a good relation? Why do you want your child to raise up?
1: Oh, Because I love my son.
2: Boom. So you love your son. So you have a good intention. So because you have a good intention, you have the willingness to go through the effort to accomplish a, a proper desire with your son so that he will have a proper benefit. But when we don't have that love and that desire and that intention with other people, it really doesn't matter. Wow.
0: Mm. Full circle. Wow. I love yeah. it.
2: So, wow. <laughs> so so, so, why do we have enemies? Because we don't care sometimes. Mm-hmm. Now, because you love your son so much, you could have the most opposition in the world, right? You could have the most conflict. You two could hate each other for a moment from having to blow up, right? Yeah. But, but you're going to come back. Why? Because you, you love your son. Because you want that. You desire that. And there has to be a form, again, where you have a proper intention for the other person to actually be willing to work through the conflict, to have the peace, to have the unity. Otherwise, it's either not going to last or you're not going to do it at all because there's no desire. And without, so I, for example, I'm reading Think and Grow Rich right now by Napoleon Hill, if you guys have read that before. He talks about how a, a, a goal so he interviewed, and I'm not going to be long-winded, but he interviewed thousands and thousands of people, successful people, to find a formula for success, more or less. And he found that every, every successful person, it all started with a burning desire. Mm-hmm. And so you have a burning desire for your son to be successful in life and to follow God, right? But if you don't have that person for the guy who cuts you off on the road, then you're going to be a lot more flippant with that person and probably maybe either just ignore it, not really care, brush him off, or even flip him off back. And so that's where I think that's why we hear so often love is a choice. Now, you have an emotional mm. connection. Probably I'm get I don't know. I'm not going to assume that about you. But uh, as now all fathers, by the way, no, oh, right. On. Ah. Our, 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 our baby is is due in August. So now all fathers here understand that. Yes, you probably most I would say most that I've come in contact. Fathers have a without really needing to choose love for their child. But not every we don't have that that same love with everyone we come in contact Mm. with and sometimes Mm. probably not even with our child because we we're human yeah and so that's where i think where god says he tells it's funny god doesn't say follow the love that you have for me and for your neighbor he doesn't say that he does not say follow the love that's already there and so we're good and so we follow our heart and love's there so just do it and everything's going to be okay Mm -hmm. he says love your Love your God with all your soul, uh, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor. He's He's telling you to do it, which means it's an action. And if it's an action, it's a choice. And if it's a choice, I need to choose every day to love these people, which we know. We hear all that all the time. And so if you can choose to love these people as much as you would go through a thousand hoops in a thousand ways just to have that unity and peace and growth with your son, if we could have that same effort with other people based on the the people that God's put in our life, because we can't do that with like everybody we don't it's not physically possible but the people that god's put in your life that you come across to at the store that you have as your friends and your family and church members like if you can do that uh i believe that's where there's this amazing amount of love and grace and depth and unity um within the sphere of influence that you have and the thing that you and and i had to learn that because and i'll stop here because i know we have other things to, to cover but um I had to learn that because I was hurt so much that I had I I had it, I had a choice. I can either be really angry and, res- and resentful and just shut myself off from the world. Or I can choose to move on, forgive, and believe. Again, I had to choose to believe it though, not because mm-hmm. I felt it. I had to choose to believe that it didn't matter how much rejection I had, how much hurt I had, how much abuse I had, that it was still worth pressing into people. It was still worth leaning in. Mm-hmm. Because eventually there would be a time where I didn't get abused, I didn't get hurt, and understanding that they were just as much as human as me, and I've probably done some bad things, and I'm no better than them, but all of that had to be a choice. Yeah. And so I think that, also to answer your question, why do we not have peace in this world? It's because we're led by the wrong things. We're, so- we're, we're led by our emotions, we're led by what we feel, we're led by what our desires, we're not led by, 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 by the power of choice. We, we get up every day. And I've done it myself so many times. I've I've years for the Lord. Lord, help me to be power uh, choice driven, not emotionally driven. And we're not. And obviously, I mean, I think the more obvious one too is if what is your source of truth? If your source of truth is is outside of God, um, it's gonna be an ungodly result. If it's a God, then you'll have a godly result. Yeah. And um, then you get into okay, even if it is God, are you authentic? And that's a whole other deal. But um, we have to have a good the right intention we have to have a desire if to bring if not what's going to get you out of bed when you want to work out and you don't feel like working out a decision yeah a desire to be fit and a desire to be uncommon, a desire to be disciplined so now you make a decision and if we can do that with people with peace with unity, then we we can have that result too. That's so
0: good. Well strikers uh, as as calm as Michael sounds uh, it always hasn't been like that. So let's, uh, let's dig into that a little bit more right after these messages. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. We use Anchor for this podcast and our other podcasts the weekend from A to Z. So if you're about to start a podcast, lift Anchor with Anchor FM and set sail on your new adventures. And we're back strikers uh, we've got Michael dellafemia della Femina della
2: Alan's got it
0: <laughs> he's got a better ear no your that.
1: your last name is like mine just it's exactly how it looks <laughs> Annie Obi.
0: so we're talking about uh, the sandals of peace and we've man uh, I think Mike has, has been deep Michael has been deep in <laughs> it yeah uh, defining that and but it hasn't always been peaceful for you is my understanding some through some conversations we've had yeah um, you know, I'll let you kind of describe sure. where it all started and, and how did you find the peace? Because I think it wasn't there and then then it's there now.
2: So what's your journey? Well, yeah, you know, what I, I thought about as I knew we were going to talk generally about the topic today. I knew that my answer was probably going to be different than most because for me, peace is still something, although yes, there is a factor of growth. It's still something I fight with every day. So it's still something that I still today today go. God, man, I feel like I'm doing all the things and doing my part of the peace, but it's struggling. But there's a reason for that too. And well, I find that interesting. Uh- and the reason I find that interesting <laughs> is because
0: for someone who who prayed for me for peace, I guess mm-hmm. it does it does. Where am I going with this? For someone who prayed for peace over me, and like I still feel that peace, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm I don't want to be tested. Just saying. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good at where I'm at.
2: You ask for more peace. You'll right, right. To get the, the goblet.
0: <laughs> but to know that that wasn't that's not, well, I would have thought, okay, that wasn't
2: the case, but it is the case now that you've got it, but mm. you're saying you struggle with it Still, even today. Yeah. But I, th- I think just because one struggles doesn't mean there isn't a process of growth, though. So that's the I think that's the biggest thing is that what you're mentioning is I think a form of progress. And I believe that's really at, at any point in our lives a a magnificent goal to always set because I'm definitely not perfect in it but progress if you can always be making progress you can always be better the goal is just to not stay where you are just to always be moving forward and so let's say if perfect being a per- person of perfect peace if you will is just that I'm you know completely in serenity all the time which I haven't met anyone who's like that actually I have met one person actually I think he always has a smile on his face
0: <laughs> I have never which, seen you yes. without one so, Frank Obringer right <laughs> always has a smile always, on his face. always. you know
2: if, if that's the goal let's say as long as I'm doing it more today than I did yesterday I'm moving in the right direction right so like similar like you said Scott I've had more people than you probably know who said since I was a teenager, man, always a smile on his face, man, this guy must just be happy all the time. And I think today there's more of an authentic choice to have peace and joy. And I'm gonna get to the to where where it wouldn't be. But there was a season of my life where I manufactured it like a like a like an actor manufactures it probably and I mean I was an actor for a little while. So but like so like I, I put on the physicality of it because I I wanted to show that I was better that I wasn't sick, that I wasn't scared, that I wasn't insecure, that I didn't have all these struggles, because I wanted love and approval and significance. And I didn't want to be looked at as the freak. And so there was a season and that for anyone who's listening, if you're trying to put on a show and hope that if I can fake it till I make it, uh, I'm not a fan of that, by the way, (laughs) I never thought now choosing to act as if it were so that it may be that I'm okay with, right? Mm -hmm. I may not feel at peace, but I'm gonna believe I'm at peace, I'm gonna choose to be at peace, and even if that doesn't happen in my emotions yet, if I keep doing it and declaring it, it will happen out of faith, that's one thing. Choosing just to be fake, to say, well, I'm just gonna put on a show and eventually that show will become a reality, I think that's a, a blurry line um, and, and a dangerous one, but I did that and then I popped. It cre- I created this big bubble around me where on the outside it looked shiny and on the inside it was real dark until one day um, God popped that bubble And it was very very difficult. Uh, It was painful, but it was also freeing And so I would say if there's anyone not struggling with peace and you're trying to put on a show for everyone else uh, Again, I don't know your life and I don't I don't know what you're feeling and I'm not going to pretend to know that I can just speak from my experience and maybe these guys will speak on it later It's just not a good idea because you're gonna eventually pop. It's not gonna last forever in, in my experience and it's not fun for you like you have your moments of highs because you people think mm-hmm. you're good and it's great. You have your probably 10 or 20% of, you know, I'm the man or I'm the woman or whatever. And then the rest of it is just like you go home, which I used to do, go home late, put your head against the, the wall in bed and just like be a zombie because you realize you've been fake for, for how long and, and you're just sitting in your own hurt and depression and insecurities and fears. And so so to start where I came from, uh, long story short, is for the first about 15 years of my existence, so from, from as far as I can remember to 15, uh, I dealt with uh, a stream of anxiety, panic attacks, um, triggers, untotaled identity issues, and and not just like where am I going to work, but like I didn't, I, I felt like a, I felt like an alien in a, in, in, in a human's body, and I'm like, how do I walk? How do I talk? Why am I this? Why don't people... Um, and I'd gone through a steam of, of, of rejection and abuse for as far as back as I can remember, but I didn't, no one really saw it other than me. And I didn't obviously have any knowledge of like what that was. Mm -hmm. And so I was really confused. Why am I having panic attacks at random moments? Why am I so stressed out? I guess everyone's like this. I guess everyone deals with this because I have no other thing to believe, um okay i'm being sent to psychological offices i'm having medication i i I was suicidal for the first time at 12. um didn't just found myself on the bathroom floor um after trying so i was probably about 13 but i was about uh 12 13 years old and after so much rejection and abuse and trying to get up and then shot back down up and then back down up and then back down up and then back down uh i just went down and couldn't get back didn't want to get up anymore Um, and felt like there was a, an elephant on me and I just couldn't stand up. And I just remember crying, like sobbing on the bathroom floor. And, uh, I don't think anyone was home even. And, uh, this was the first time I was suicidal later on as an adult too, as I went through a lot of things and I'm sure we'll get to that. But, um, and I remember there was a song and I didn't know how to express it either. Right. Like I I appreciate the, you guys are so kind in that my, my way with words now Was not like (laughs) what I back then. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't have a voice. I didn't think I could use my voice, and I definitely didn't. I. I didn't know how to process the emotion I was going through. Uh, And there was a song that. There was a song that I used to listen to. It was the only way I could process, like explain to someone, this is how I feel. It was a song by Simple Plan. Do you remember Simple Plan? Yeah, I remember Simple Plan. Yeah, and there was a song called "Welcome to My Life." and uh it was about when you're kicked when you're down um oh man the lyrics are in my head yeah you, you guys guy, you can look them up um, and actually and we, we should i should tell you read them because it, you'll understand where i was coming from it was the only way i could get what was in my heart so someone else could see it mm-hmm. and uh later on over the years i continued to struggle Struggle, but I thought everybody because no one ever told me that yeah. this was this was not this was unique. Thought so I thought oh everybody must be dealing with this type of anxiety and panic and um, sexual desire and uh, this type of confusion, this type of feeling of insanity and burden. And I mean, I had such a deep, I had such a fear of certain things that I would be physically ill for days or weeks and i'm like i guess everybody just goes through this Hmm. um so as a kid they thought it was adhd so i was put on more medication and didn't work yes did yes did whatever right and then i went to college and you know and at that point i was a christian i went to a ministry school and still struggled but now it just looked different now it just it was like i was unable to sometimes it's like my motor in my mind like these things would just shut off like it would get like, it would be like an engine that gets overwhelmed. And then all of a sudden you see like the, like the smoke coming out and you yeah, sparks like, and smoke. Yeah. And, and you're just like, and it just doesn't work. And I'd be like, what is wrong with me? And then I'd have these times where like, again, you couldn't tell on the outside. You probably thought I was happy, 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 go lucky. And I was just dying. Like literally it was like, it was like sickness. Like I felt like my body was deteriorating because my heart was in so much anguish and turmoil. Um, when did you go see a counselor? Hey, did you find the... I found the lyrics, and I'll I'll probably yeah, read sure. them later on. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, they, and then here they said again, ADHD or whatever, same thing. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> like yeah. I've been down this road. And so okay, all right. And they told me they're like, and that, but that's where they they first said. I first heard a professional say, "Hey, uh, this is not what everybody deals with. Like everyone around you isn't going." Through-. And they weren't trying to be mean. They were trying to say, "This isn't." This isn't okay and we want to help you be okay Mm -hmm. this isn't just the normal what everybody goes through there's something going on here and we want to fix it and so it was in love but it was obviously a a big a a big pill to swallow when you think when you for the first 20 years of your life you think this is all normal you know uh and so we went through that process uh didn't really pan out great um i got a little bit better it was always it was always like i would find temporary relief and so everyone thought i was fixed and then one thing would happen, it would all come crashing down even worse than it, it was the previous time. So went through college, got my first job as a pastor, and went through all this. Um, and then it started to kick back up again. And uh, this this time I wasn't getting work done, I wasn't able to process. And uh, so they sent me this to a counselor again. It's my third counselor by the time I'm like twenty three or something and I'm mm-hmm. like already this is like the start of it that was only the start of it and now they said alright well okay eight. and then she's like no it is she oh man I'm so sorry that they did that to you you you're having an anxiety and stress and they think it was an attention thing and so now this medication that you're taking is just making you focus even more so on your stress mm-hmm. and so and so is what she's saying yeah and so i'm like okay well what's going on well let's go to get you test so i go in to get this this huge psychological test um i mean i swear i felt like it was like the kid you know with the blocks you know i'm like doing everything every little thing <laughs> like this, these big expensive tests she says, okay, cyclo, and, and by the way, if, if I need to sum, sum any of this up, you let me know. Um, I'll just wait until you tell me. But uh, they said cyclothemia. Cyclothemia is like a mild version of, of bipolar, more or less. I was like, okay, that's, that's new. All right, well, let's talk about it. So we go into it, and we start to do treatment, and, and it still doesn't really connect. Like, the, 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 the description doesn't make sense. And I was like, okay, but all right. So we worked through it. We worked through it. We'd start doing stuff. i get a little bit better. And at that time, I was uh, married, uh, not to my current wife, but my previous wife. I was previously married and divorced. And and so we're, we're, we're trying to, all right, we're just getting grooving again. Um, started having issues in the marriage. My mental health starts to take another plucket down. Um, and so eventually, the church lets wants me to focus on my health, she chooses to... To, to relieve me of my position and uh my marriage at that point was not great and i'm having what i know i wouldn't have called this then but i had triggers still everywhere turmoil heaviness apathy um a lot of, so a lot of where my pain and past came from was from sexual like abuse issue stuff so i was having sexual triggers didn't understand what was going on um Trying to a form of like OCD, but on a high level. Like I felt like I had to do things, and if I didn't, I was like an absolute, uh, you know, just a mess for 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 until I was able to you know do the thing or say the thing or whatever and they have open that the door seven times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then i forget what sudden, movie that is. Yeah, uh, like, Monk. I think it was. Or that was like the with Nicolas Cage. Oh, the movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, know. I know the Monk. this' the TV show. But so yeah, and so uh, it's like that, and yeah. so and then when I did. And that and that was the worst part. It's like a drug. You get this relief. Oh god, the, the, you know, the turmoil is over. Thank you. And then when it comes back, you're like the only way I can get that again is if I do this. And I do this The next thing you're 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 a slave to whatever you're feeling and mm. and, and the desire to just relieve it. And long story short, um we moved to Texas because to be closer to family and uh, I start just wait I'm waiting tables, I'm doing a lot of things, just trying to survive. And I feel like I'm getting a little bit better. Um but after some time it's 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 not really going anywhere. It's it's actually I, I think I'm getting better, but my marriage is getting worse. Um we were we went to counseling for a little while, it got better and I thought I was moving in the right direction. I think maybe she thought the other. I don't want to speak for her, but I from what I remember I think that's what she said. And um and so now that starts to go down, which means I'm confused. And my, my job, I you know, I, I I worked my butt off to become proficient in ministry. And now I'm, there's nothing against waiting tables. It's just not what I wanted to do. And so I'm crying, you know, between my marriage and hating what I do and feeling like I'm not a man now because we, you know, we were trying to save for a home, but we didn't have, and I'm crying on my way to work. And God's just saying, I'm like, God, why? Like Why, like, what did I do? Like, did I do something wrong? You know, and he's just like, no. You're going through this because you're going to change the world someday. And at first it was encouraging. You hear that for a long, long time. You're like, yeah, different answer. I want another one. Like, <laughs> like, like, okay, got it. Give me another answer. You know, and so eventually I was getting really upset. Um, well, well, long story short, the symptoms got really bad. And so we started looking into heavier forms of treatment. And then that's when I went, to, uh, there was someone at church who was a mental health expert, um, did an analysis with them and... Basically, they said, "Okay, I have this place for you. I want you to call and see how they can help." Well, I called them, and I guess some somewhere there was a disconnection of what was actually going on, um, because what I didn't know is the person that I was talking to was for part of a rehab facility, and so they heard my story, and some again somehow they heard um, like in the past because I hadn't dealt with the behaviors. So I used to I used to numb pain with 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 sexual activity, and so and so. When I was a kid, when I was a teenager, like that's how early this started. So because I didn't have anything telling me other I didn't have a teacher, I didn't like I didn't know. All I knew was, this really stinks, I'm dying, this makes it feel better. I guess that's the answer. And so until I became a Christian and someone's like, Yeah, that's not how you should be doing that, and I was like, what you know like how do i stop you I know thought like, everybody <laughs> was doing this yeah thing. i thought everyone and, and and at that time in my life they the, the people around me other than probably maybe my christians and some maybe still some they were and so you know my whatever so and i get to this place and so they hear that and then i'm put in a sex addict house for 35 days uh but i wasn't an addict and so i spent re- so i about two weeks into this treatment program i'm like this is rehab why am i in rehab i what and so now i'm like and it it was fine i i I don't mean that negative to anyone who was in rehab i just i just wasn't an addict like and so if if i was an addict i I should be in rehab but i just wasn't and so i was like why did they send me here like am i an addict i must be an addict so what's such an activity made me an addict have I done something recently that I forgot? You know, and like, I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm like, babe, like, I'm talking to my wife on the phone. I'm like, am I an addict? Like, they're telling me this thing. I'm going through AA, SA, OA, all the A's. And I'm doing trauma therapy. And, it, and a lot of that was, the therapy side of it was really good. And 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 the programs were good for the principals. But like, I'm sitting in these circles. And they're like, how long have you been clean? Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I've been clean for like many years. Why are you here? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm a little confused myself Mm. and so I'm trying to figure it out and so I I, and and I so then I call my my counselor at the time and I was like Jeff look man I don't I don't I don't understand why I'm here I, 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 I I thought I was coming for mental health or try to get some answers and like what's going on like I'm breaking down I'm like they're telling me one thing I feel another I still have no answers and I'm 10 hours away from home in the middle of nowhere and I'm so confused right now and he's like man and he said something to me and he said, man, I, I I, don't know what's wrong. I honestly, like I tell you, I don't know what's going on, but I can tell you that I will not leave your side until we figure it out. And nice. and I can tell you that was 2014 and almost 10 years later, he has not left his, he's never left my side. Um, I mean, obviously we're outside of, not obviously, but we're, we're not in the deep treatment realm anymore. But if sure. I called him... And there actually was, there was some stuff this month. I was like, Hey, maybe I need to come in and work some throughout some stuff with you. And he's like, dude, I'm always here. Like I'm, I'm I'm not going anywhere. And he's always been. Um, and so anyway, I finished out that treatment center only to find out that my wife at the time, um, wanted to not be married anymore. And so, uh, and again, I, I, I'm not trying to throw, everybody goes through hard things. I'm not trying to we do things, so I don't want to throw her under the bus or anything, because we all have our th- we all say stuff, we all do stuff, and it's I'm not here to 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 be prideful or or bashful or disrespectful at all to her, but in those moments, I went home. Uh Basically, she was she actually she wanted to say she wanted a divorce, but she was trying to let me settle in, which was very nice, but uh, we had a we had a disagreement pretty much exact, and I almost didn't go home because at that time she hadn't wanted she's like if we're gonna live life together. It needs to be like only, you know, 50%, you know, whatever. And I need to have this as separate part. And, um, and again, I'm, I, I don't put that on her. We've all said the bad things that I, I don't mean to, again, throw her under the bus, but so that was a painful moment. And then I go home. She has to, I realized there was some stuff going on. I was like, I feel like, um, I feel like maybe there's, there's someone else in the picture. I'm not really sure. Start looking through, devices, etc. And realize there was more going on than I thought. Um just to keep it there again, trying to be respectful of her. Uh and so then she comes hits me with divorce. We have this big blow-up. Um and long story short, she leaves. And she apologized for the for the other things going on. And I'm not trying to like leave leave any listeners like, what happened? Um, But it's just again I'm trying to respect her. Uh, And so I had to deal with the pain of you know some some form of some uh, unfaithfulness. I had to deal with the pain that my wife didn't want me. I had to deal with the pain of I just got back from feeling like I had a little bit of hope, you know, from this treatment center, and now getting it shot down. She was dealing with her own you know battles, obviously dealing with a you know a husband who has a lot of that just turmoil, and she's trying to deal with you know her own stuff, which I which I respect and understand. It wasn't easy for her. And, um, and so she leaves. And so that, that that in that six to seven, eight months, I don't even know how much it was, that we were separated, the goal was to get back, was to have a healthy separation of, you know, counseling and then come back together and do counseling together. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, uh, she just never came back. And so I, through those moments I had, again, I didn't know this at the time, that was where I hit my second, second bout of suicidal uh, nature and so through through and, and just to, to pause for a second before we go further why how does this connect with peace the three the three greatest emotions i would say that i've felt mostly in my life were pain if, if pains an emotion pain uh fear um and and again if, if turmoil's one is turmoil so I, i've experienced those three more than any other emotions in my life and so that's not peace so i had to fight for it I had to fight to have some form of sanity. And 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 in one month I lost my sanity. I lost my connection to God and I lost my I lost my wife. And so I was beyond broken if you can imagine. Um and I had something go off in me. And so I I would wake up, you know, as you can imagine, that whole process that anyone goes through when that's going on. And I mean, I'm sure she she had her own battles as well and her own her own difficulty of processing what was going on with me, what was going on with her and eventually about months later we have a little bit of communication we say hey let, let's go spend the holidays so i travel to go spend the holidays um and something happens something snaps in me um there was like a form of like not dishonesty like i, I was trying to manufacture something and and i and in my mind kind of like the ocd like mm-hmm. i feel like i did something bad or wrong and by because i think i said i was trying i don't even remember it was something very silly and, but I, but in my mind, I thought I was being dishonest and I didn't want to create. So all of a sudden it's like someone flipped a switch on and all of a sudden I, I didn't eat for days. My body was in hypervigilance. Um, I was throwing up. I, I wouldn't speak unless I felt like I was safe and, and people would ask me questions. I wouldn't say anything. I thought I was like, this was in like. OCD is just like a, to the max, but like not even just OCD. Like I thought if I did something wrong, I was going to die. And I didn't understand what was, so then they saw that version of me and that is not, that's usually not the, the best thing to patch up a marriage uh, when, when when your in-laws have to see that for the holidays. Anyway, um, we tried to see each other for the holidays and it didn't work, I ended up going home early, long story short to that, and uh, and now I was triggered. And that trigger lasted for months. I, I I was in my home, did not speak to a person uh, for a long time, like I spoke to maybe God, and that's it, because I was I was in this state of paralysis of fear. I would I would wake up and I would start shaking, and I wouldn't stop until I went to bed.
1: When you spoke to God, what did you speak to him about during that time?
2: I don't know, probably, I mean, it probably didn't happen much. And if it did, it was probably just why? Like what's going on? Angry? Just, it was probably nothing positive. I can I can tell you that. There was not much positivity going on at that point. Um, but it did get there. And so that's where I'll probably allude to. So, so I would shake. Um, I mean, I remember one time, so I, I would wake up and my knees would just like this, because like, I'm just shaking in bed in the fetal position. And they would shake so much, I'd start to like rub, like, like, you know, like you feel like those burns. And I just, and I, and I, and I didn't want to wake up because I knew the second as I woke up, I'd start shaking again. And so I would sleep as long as I could. And I would just fight God. No, let me sleep a little longer. Let me sleep a little longer. Cause I know it's going to suck the second I wake up. Um, and I was just like, I remember I'd walk into the kitchen and I'd see the knives in the corner of my eye. And I'm just like, man, just take it all away right now. And, uh, and that's where I started to slip. And so then I'd be in my room, and, and it was very subtle, to be honest, you know, suicidal is, things are not always just this big, bright light that says, take your life, you know, it'll, you know, it was this subtle, it was a very small, quiet, subtle thought, I remember getting my in my room going, it would just be easier to end it all, wouldn't it, and it was like a seed of just, like, ready to just explode, and again, it would just be easier, wouldn't it, wasn't wasn't loud. Wasn't it was just this, and I'm like say still small voice because I know it wasn't God, but it was just that It wasn't even a voice. Just that 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 possibility, mm-hmm. man. You could just get rid of it. Just just go do it. Just end it, man. And so I dealt with that for a while. That's what eventually brought me to two hospital hospitalizations at Carrollton Springs. Um, one of them was just to try to get help, and it did help, but it didn't last long. The other one was because my parents thought I was slipping into suicide. And so they threw me in there to make sure I would be safe. And, uh, and it just wasn't working well. And I remember sitting in my room and that this was probably the most pivotal moment of my journey thus far at that point is I sat, I sat there and I was like, all right, I have three choices. I have three choices. I said, I can take my life now and we can, we can end this and go home. Like, And hope that I end up in the right place. (laughs) Like, for real. Like, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, hope that I played my cards right. I can go numb the pain and just find anything and everything to feel absolutely numb of the pain and the hurt and the rejection and just pain, pleasure, sin, everything. Just just go do whatever I got to do. And if it ends up me dying, I die, you know. Uh, And then the third one was I can actually... Choose to believe that everything I've heard about God up until this point is true. And if that's true, then what I'm going through is not the end. And so somehow, some way, I will get out of this. I could not see a way out. Like, I'm, a, I'm an imaginative creative guy. And I could not see a way out. I couldn't see a person who could help. Like, there was no light. And there was mm-hmm. no tunnel. There was nothing. And I came to a place where I said, but you know what? This faith thing isn't supposed to be based on what I can see. So there's got to be a way. And if I just choose to believe and keep moving in that direction, one day it'll happen. And honestly, I don't know why I chose that option, but I did. I I don't know how I didn't choose the other two because these were so much more appealing. (laughs) (laughs) The easier way. easier, yeah. But I did. And so I took one step forward at a time. One step forward at a time. And eventually that led to, like I told you, a a few months in, in Atlanta for another treatment center that was actually meant for mental health. Um, where I was able to find some, find get back to living on a sanity level. Mm-hmm. Um, started working again. Had I had some bouts where I'd go down, but I would have never got as bad as it it did before. And uh, eventually, I got to a place where I was working, but I was still struggling a lot. Like it was kind of like I was just holding, it, barely hanging on. And so I'd go to Jeff, and I'd say, "Man, I'm done." Like he's like, "I'm going to send. Uh, I, don't send me any more people. I, I'm done." Like I've I've seen. I've been diagnosed. I've drooled off medication. I've 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 had diagnosis after diagnosis. I've had been tested, prodded, poked. I've been through the physical, neurological, brain scans, freedom sessions, psychological, psychiatric, spiritual deliverance. I've I've done it all. What else is left? <laughs> you know. Yeah. And he's like, that's not your job. Your job is to keep moving forward. My job is to find the next thing. Hmm. And uh, so I did go to that. Oh, so I went. To, so then he. I hung on a little longer and he said I got someone I want you to go see and he told me what he did and I was like you really like scraped the bottom of the barrel here brother <laughs> like he's like we're gonna do some colors and a map and the brain. I'm like you can send me some whack job like what are you yeah. doing like what well, come on like what are you doing to me like is this this is like a your desperate attempt to fix me or something you yeah. know and he's like no 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 like just trust me like he, he's a connection with someone at the church that we believe I was like fine. So I walk in. I'm so skeptical. I'm like, I'm just going through the motions. But in my head, I'm like, all right, tell me what you want to tell me. I've been through enough. Like, let me get out of here, you know. And so I walk in, and uh, it's uh, his name is Dr. Jerry Mangatzi with Right Brain Therapy. Um, basically, you know, before I had this map where he said just pick up and color. Just literally, it to, it's, a brain. it's a map of the brain, and he said a bunch of coloring things. You just, you just don't think, just color. I said okay. So I do all this stuff. So he sees this map and in 10 minutes, this guy knows nothing about me. I mean, he maybe knows five to 10% what everyone, every other professional has done over the last 10, 15 years. And in 10 minutes, he was able to validate more things that I could feel in that 10 minutes by looking at that map, than all these other people could do with 10% of what, what they knew. Hmm. And I was like, how did you know that? 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 And I was just like, holy, holy smokes, maybe this guy's for real. And, uh, and so I scheduled another session and I scheduled another session, I scheduled another session. And I was like, okay, how do you know these things about me? Like I haven't even told you everything. And it came down to it. And he goes, look, I'm going to, and this is the the punchline here. Right? So, so I always say my fight was two, there's three rounds. First mm-hmm. fight was to find out what was the problem uh, or two rounds. I'm sorry. First fight was to find out the problem. Second, second fight was to fix the problem took me 20, about 23, 24 years to win the first fight, to win the first round, mm. to go through the first round. And now I'm continually in the second round, but but it's way farther in. Um, and on that session, my first round came to an end. And he said, look, I usually wait to tell people what's wrong because it can get tricky, but I feel like it's going to give you some closure for the amount of things that you've been through. And so um, he goes, you you, you have PTSD. Uh, you have a, a, a trauma disorder called disassociative identity disorder and basically you weren't born with it um, but this is how it works you were you were lack of a well, you know and I'm, I'm summarizing here to, for the sake of time but sure. you you were beat up real bad and you were too young to process so your your brain went into defensive mode and it and it tried to do it for for you it did its best job but it, it didn't do a perfect job and so your brain instead of protecting you from in, in, instead of processing it put it put guards up it put and it separated you from all the bad things in your mind subconsciously without you knowing so that it could protect itself. Um, and so now we have to unravel all that and make things work be- work the way you were born. It's not physical. You don't have a thing. This is psychological that your mind did to protect you. And you just didn't you didn't know what was going on. You were a kid. And then when you became a teenager, you were already oblivious of what, what was going on. And so you just... Now we have to unravel all that, and I said, "Well, well, what, what, what was the trauma?" And then, because every here's the thing, every counselor, so all these other counselors had had saw trauma responses in me, but because I didn't have the memories, we moved on. Mm-hmm. But they would always say, like people who didn't know each other, and all the treatment—that's a trauma response. That's a trauma response. That was trauma. It's like everyone's saying that, but no one because we hit a wall. I had no memories, so I said, "What happened?" And so, as you can tell, peace, right? Where does this all, where is this all fitting in? Well, post-traumatic stress disorder, if you know anything about trauma and st- stress is in the name, disorder yeah. <laughs> of identity disorder, it's in the name. Uh, and so, I haven't had peace for as long, I mean, I've, I've, let me, sorry, let me rephrase that. I've fought to have peace my entire, as, as far as I can remember, because this happened when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So, he looked at me and he said, I, I looked at him, I said, okay, well, what, what's the trauma? Is it, what, what abuse is it? Was it physical? Was it spiritual? Was it sexual? Sexual? Was it... He goes, all of it. I said, all of it. I said, what? I said, why don't I Why don't I remember it? Mm-hmm. He goes, you have a version. Um, he goes, and basically he, he put it in layman's terms. He goes, you have like an, an, an amnesia version. So we know people with dissociative identity disorder, someone like Herschel Walker, where he would go in and out of consciousness through the different parts of his mind, right? A lot of people have that version. He goes, you don't have that version. You've never gone out of consciousness, but you blocked everything off. So you, you cut the cord, you, from between your emotion and your memory, you decided to separate it and you just, you have an amnesia. It's there, but you have taken your access away, not consciously, subconsciously to protect yourself. And so what we need to do is we need to get those back and we need to work through them so that you can be free. And I said, okay. And that has been the journey over the last probably five to seven years, more or less. Um... And uh, it's had its ups and downs. Sure. And I don't think round two is over yet, but uh, we're in the midst of it. You know we're no longer at the beginning. We're no longer in round one. Um, obviously, I'm, you know, healthy and functional. Um, but I still I still have my fight every day. Every morning, I still wake. So, so I asked him, I said, "Well, why are mornings so hard? Goes, because when you go to bed, a different part of your brain kicks on. So the the part that's not usually active during the day, the conscious part during your day is what helps you to process and survive throughout the day. But when you go to sleep, a different part kicks on. And so that's the subconscious part. And he goes, the problem is for you in the subconscious part, you have a lot of darkness. And so you're processing this darkness all night long. And when you wake up, it's like you have a darkness hangover. You, so you have to literally snap yourself out of that darkness hangover it's like it's like being zombified and hung over at the same the best way i can explain it it's like being hung over i've never been hungover, but but from what people explain it to me it seems to be hungover, <laughs> weighed down and petrified all at the same time hmm. it's like a zombie and so i have to pull myself out of that literally i'm not joking almost every morning and um I wake so it's it's usually it's like I wake up and it's like someone there's like a black hole in my chest. But again, I don't have memories. I just have triggers, I have I have emotions, I have sometimes thoughts and messages. Like it's cause it's almost like my subconscious is like sometimes it, it has nothing it's trying to keep everything quiet, but when if it gets big enough, it you just can't, right? It spills out. And so sometimes I hear Um If you do that, you're gonna die. If 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 this happens like if you do these bad things are going to happen. Right. And so I just get that. And so I try to dig a little farther and it's been a process. But
0: what uh, what are some tools that you use in the morning to pull yourself out of that? What oh, man. You, what would you say to someone who yeah. is dealing with that? Uh, that's a great question.
2: I, I feel like I've tried it all. <laughs> um, there's a lot. I, the best thing, I, the best advice I can give somebody ever is as best as you can is f- try to find as deep as you can the root. So sometimes, a lot of times we keep, we don't get to the, the, the deepest thing right away. It takes time. But I would say is do your best and just find as far as you can go. Is the reason you don't get up in the morning because you're in physical pain? Is it because you have emotional pain? Is it because you feel groggy and depressed? Is it because you have PTSD and, and you and you wake up scared? Whatever the case may be, I'm not gonna solve my muscular issue with psychiatric help. I'm not gonna solve my mental problems with protein powder. You need to understand the problem to have the correct solution. Mm -hmm, And so I would say as best as you can, you don't have to have all the answers, but just get as close as you can to that. And I would say then start looking into people that you know align with your belief systems and have some knowledge in the area and find just a couple things to start doesn't have to be perfect, doesn't have to be even right at, at first, just start the process, get the ball rolling. And my best advice is get something to keep you moving forward every day. If there's one thing I've learned how to do through all this, I have mastered, not perfected, but mastered the art of moving forward. And so I, I like to get this picture. Um, and I'm giving you, I, I can give a couple of practicals. But the reason I didn't give practicals, is because I don't want to give protein powder to the to this the person who needs yeah. The psychiatric right. or tell the psychiatric person that, you know, hey, just do some push- well, actually push-ups might help in that sense too. But uh, but anyway, so like I don't want to I don't want to give one size fits all. I right. just don't believe in that. It's, sure. Yeah. It's not. It the, doesn't yeah, yeah. Yeah, so but I would say there's always a way to move forward. I I live by the phrase God's giving you everything in this moment to get to your next moment. It's good. And sometimes it is moment by moment. And what I would say is i don't know i think i forgot what i was oh moving forward i get this image right of a platoon doing their their mile run right just imagine a platoon think it like even uh remember the titans classic right they're running through the forest their football team right and okay so you start strong and you're like all right we got this feel good feel good and imagine the guy at the end who's struggling about halfway through and and he just means, he starts slowing down. He starts falling behind. He starts falling behind. And let's say he even has some extra push in him. Let's say he's like, all right, I'm gonna, come on. He gets a little farther back up to the end of the line and he's good, okay, but then he falls back. And he gets to the place where he falls to the ground and he's like, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. I'm done. Like I like I literally, my body hurts. My heart's coming out of my chest. I'm demotivated. This is not worth it. It would be easier just to stop. And his buddy from the end of the line Gets out of line, comes beside him, and he, and he said, What's wrong? I guess I can't go any farther. And he's like, I, I said, he's, Yes, you can get up and run. I can't run. He said, Okay, then get up and walk. Okay, let's get walking. So he gets up and he starts walking, and then eventually it hurts so much, he drops again. What happened? I can't walk anymore. Okay, so crawl. Okay, so I start crawling. He start crawling towards the finish line. And then he stops and breaks down again, and he says, What's wrong? Man, I, I I can't I can't even move my, my 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 knees hurt I'm trying to crawl on my hands. He said, "Okay, lay on your belly and go inch by inch, centimeter by centimeter. Just keep moving forward. I will drag you if I have to, but we will cross that finish line." And that's an idea that it doesn't always have. every day doesn't have to look like you're running, every day doesn't have to look like you're walking, mm. every day doesn't have to even look like you're crawling. You just have to as best as you can inch by inch centimeter by centimeter millimeter by millimeter just keep moving forward and if that means someone has to come along jeff so my business one or one of my businesses uh, mjd bridge building came from a term um that jeff was for me my counselor that person who said he never leave my he was a bridge builder for me i had point a where i was and point b where i needed to be he bridged the gap Mm -hmm. he bridged the gap he he provided what i could not and in bridge building, is about someone coming alongside you to say, "Hey, look, like you need, mo- like you, this is what you provide. Okay, what well, what can't you provide? I can't provide the effort and the mode. I don't know how to keep moving forward. Then I will be that for you. But there's only there's only a part that you can play, and there's only a part that I can pray, But together we will get from point A over the bridge to point B. And it's just about moving forward. In the morning, there are days where I literally say, Michael." what can you what can you do so what i would say there's a there's a mindset in a, a podcast if you own our business that we call it's called i can do that and it's and, it, and it's one of our influential leaders talking about we're always focused on what we can't do what can you do yeah. and, and so i wake up in the morning and i go michael what can you do i can sit up okay so sit up okay michael what else can you do i can probably breathe a little deeper okay so breathe a little deeper. Okay, what else can you do? Can you can you think, you think you could just like maybe squeegee yourself a couple inches to the end of the bed? Yeah, let's do that. And it may take me 20 minutes to get up out of bed, but I did it. Yeah. I crossed the finish line. And it is better to take an hour to get out of bed and have the other 16 in your day than to just say, I'm um, screw it. Like it, moving forward is like, it's not possible. But, it, but it's a mindset. Yeah. So that... The difference, so when I remember when I was going through all my craziness, sometimes that piece wasn't there and I tried to get it and it was tough. And it's a journey to find, but it's about moving forward and understanding that if I can get a little bit closer to that piece, if I can get a little closer to that growth, I can get closer to that finish line, eventually I'll get there. But if you just stop, but it has to be a choice. It's not an, you're not, I. from my experience, there are gonna be less times than more that you're gonna feel like doing it. And I remember I, I, I was coming through my treatment and I asked to my mom because she was with me through a lot of that. I said, like, Mom, I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but it's like, what, what made me different? Because so, I, I had people in treatment that looked way better than I did and they committed suicide after they left. Mm. And I've had people that I was through the process with and are still relapsing right now. Like when I went to the rehab person, like there's a guy who texts me all the time, and I love him, and he's awesome, and he's always reaching out to me. And he was actually a guy that <laughs> we had a very bad start to the relationship in rehab, and uh, he texts me all the time. Hey, what's going on? Good or bad or whatever. And I just love that he reaches out, but he's still struggling, and I and I and I and I feel for him, you know. But I love it. He never gives up. Yeah. And so, but there are people out there that go through all this, and they don't. I am proud. So I think. And if anyone has the statistical numbers and I'm wrong, please forgive me. But I think I Googled it one time. About 2%, statistically speaking, I think, of the world have disassociative identity. So I'm in a very low percentage. And a lot of those people, again, forgive me if I'm correct, they don't, it's really hard to live. And some don't make it. And some lose their life. Or some are just absolute, like everyday. Is 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 his hell, and I don't I'm not trying to curse that, but I'm just saying like it's it it is the epitome. Some as mm-hmm. much as in their mind. I said, well, I was like, what made me different? Like, why did I make it? My sister, so put it this way: my sister, one of my sisters, um, committed suicide from mental health and uh, challenges, and or and again, if I, she 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 had a I don't know every detail about that, and so I don't want to speak to that and be wrong or disrespectful, but she had a lot of things that I know she wasn't at peace with from what I've heard. And I'm like, what? and I remember when she died, I was a mess. And I remember talking about being broken. And so being able to help people and God said, you're going to change the world that someday. Remember, remember he said Mm -hmm. that. And I remember I, it was, I was, I found out during the week was a Thursday. My sister committed suicide. I had to serve at church that weekend. And I was a leader in the freedom department (laughs) and uh, I walk in and I said, God, you want me to serve? Like, cause I'm not putting up a front. Like, I'm a going real. He said, "No, you can do it." I said, "Okay." So I walk in. and I, was, I just was like, "I'm not, not. There's no facade I'm putting on tonight. I'm, I don't, I can't, just can't." And um, I promise I'll get back. But, um, and I walk in the room, and there's some good friends of mine. Yeah. And uh, hey, Mike, how you doing? And you've been better, you know. Whatever. Like trying to push through, but not be fake. Sure. And, uh, and I have a conversation with them and they basically say, hey, he said, hey, you know, I said, how are you guys? They're like, they're not, we're not good. I said, what happened? He said, we just caught, it was a couple. We just caught her sister. We just caught her from commit a suicide, committing suicide. So we just got there in time, but we don't really know how to move on from here. Like we don't know how to process and I don't know how to once like, and I literally just lost my sister to suicide. And like, and without any pr- ministry mindset, no preparation, just straight up raw reaction. I was able to, because I'd already been through that process of mental health and how to be healthy and move through those things, even though I just lost my sister. I was applying it to myself, but, but very rawly. I was able to help them, give them some things to support their family. And they left feeling so good, feeling like we have now a next step. We know what support groups to go to. We know all these things and they left, and I sat in the chair, and I looked up, and I was just like, man, it was all worth it, you know? Oh. And uh, I figured my voice cracked there. I'm, uh, it makes me emotional, but but I was like, man, I just like, I say it was all worth it just to help that couple, and I know they wasn't the only couple that I've helped, but and I'm going to help and I was literally able to serve that night with the most authentic smile and joy. Now, yes, did I have hard days after that still? Yes, there were days where I sat in my room or in the house like a zombie. But, sure. but But it's amazing how you can still minister in your brokenness. So even when you don't have peace, guys, it doesn't mean that disqualifies you from helping others with theirs or helping them through that. I hadn't worked through my grief yet, but I was able to help some others through theirs. Being, I had to remember this, that being perfect and being healthy are two different things. You can be healthy and not perfect. You can be broken and still help. God didn't use perfect people in His disciples. He used people that were that were did not have it all together. And for some, were probably doing maybe even doing some things that weren't so good, you know, like or whatever, and in some industries that were not liked or whatever. Like this is not a cookie cutter thing, and um, and it's just about it's about learning how you move forward. Now I said I would bring you back, and I forgot where I was, but. You were asking your
1: mom what made you oh, different. Oh, thank you. Good memory. Yeah, because yeah,
2: that's the important part. Thank <laughs> like it's you. I was a like, I was like, golly, I normally remember and bring it back. I did not this time. Uh, but uh, so I asked her, so, okay, so how did I become this person to help that couple? How did I do Like, What made me different than my sister and all these people? And I said, mom, I, I don't see it necessarily. Do you see it? And she goes, yeah, I see it. And I said, what is it? She goes, you had a desire and a choice to be better. You desired to be better. People can't put that desire in someone else. They can't put they can't make them choose themselves. In other words, you chose to fight. You chose to do whatever it took to be better. You chose that. It, you had and, it's, and that's it to put down other people like, hey, you're not strong enough. no, I, I hope no one's hearing that. I, I, I'm not here to speak into that. I'm not hear, hear the words that I'm saying, not that not that I'm not saying. She just said, you wanted it and you chose it therefore you got it and you didn't give up and so you you obtained it. Hmm. He goes, that's what I've seen cuz she went through a lot of support groups. She heard from a lot of people that were she she didn't just experience me. She she went through her own, you know, parent of a child going through craziness groups and she had her own hospitalizations and she wouldn't mind me sharing this. And so and so she saw a lot of fan, she saw a lot of people not just her own son, but other people going through this. And she's just like, it's because you chose it. Like you wanted to be better and you did what was meant. And so there are three things, if I can, three things that I've held onto of how to move forward, of how to, if you want that peace and you're just like, man, I don't have it yet. And how, okay, Mike, how did you get to where you were and to the point now where you have it? So occasionally you fight for it. You, You can still process on a day. You can help other people. Like, how can I get to that? Man, it was three things that I, it was a mindset that I had from that moment on, that moment of, remember I had it in my room, I had my decision, three options. Mm -hmm. There was three things that I chose to do every day. And every day they looked differently and how they happened, but it was with those three things. And those three things still today get me through my hard moments. And it was every day, and they're very simple. Every day I said, God, I'm going to show up. Today, as I show up, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And God, whatever it takes, I'm not going to give up. And so I chose to do those three things. Some days showing up meant getting out of bed, meant taking a shower and eating. Some days it was, you know, maybe read my Bible. And that was a good day. I got up and I decided to show up to today and that was whatever I could do. But I did whatever it took and I chose that, you know what? Yeah, I had my downfalls, I had my moments of of brokenness, of sin, uh, all the time. But I chose that I wasn't going to give up. And for example, remember I told you I was in that counselor and he's like, I wanna send you to this. And I'm like, bro, yeah, like I'm done. Like I, I, am, I am therapied out, like I can't do anymore. And I, and I said no at first in, in that counseling session. And I was like, nope, sorry, Should find something else. And I heard my own voice because I'd already been applying this every day. And so know that these things aren't just to be applied in the darkest moments, because if you just applied in the darkest moments, You're not going to, you may not remember them, um, when it comes to that moment, when you need it most, you need to apply. It's like, it's like a muscle. I don't just work my muscles when I need them most. I work them every day because then when I need them most, they're going to treat me well. Right. And so I had that mindset every day. And so when I was in that counseling session, I heard my own voice, Michael, you said you were going to do whatever it took. Mm. And in my mind, I'm going, you son of a biscuit, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, Oh, come on, man. And so I said, all right, I'll go. And it ended up being one of the last things that I had to do. Man. And so it wasn't that I was perfect. I didn't have, I'm not, the people I think that make it versus the people that don't. Again, I I, I don't want any, it's so hard. That's a hard line to talk to because I know some people are hurting and they're going to wonder, did, these, did they not have it? Did, did they were ever set up for success? Are you saying that they're weaker? And I, and I don't want to go that down that route because that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to say is, what I am trying to say is that we have a choice. And if and if you think you don't, I'm sorry. This is what I will say boldly. You are believing a lie. I, You do have the power to choose. Now, how your choice may look different than mine. And it may look different. Maybe one day for you, it's crawling. And for me, it's walking. One day, I'm crawling and you're walking. Whatever the case may be. But everybody has a choice to show up to the day. Number one. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a choice to do whatever it takes. I, For me, that meant... Going through hospitalizations and trying more medications and tr- diagnoses and being poked and prodded and rejected and, you know, divorced and all these things, you know, reject. It's, it, for me, that was, but I'm going to keep showing up and I'm going to keep doing whatever it takes. And it's not just doing whatever it takes. So I can say, okay, okay, Jeff, I'll go, I'll go do, do the thing, right? I said, I do whatever it takes, but then I stop short. I, I, I don't complete the program.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that's, that's, that's giving up. And I made a decision that I wasn't going to give up. See, it's not about always being first or, or or crossing the finish line with this gumption. It's some days, I'm not gonna lie. sometimes it's just just cross the finish line, man. Don't worry about what how messy it is. Don't matter what what the other what the guy next to you is doing. Just you cross the finish line. You show up to every day and you define what showing up looks like today. Or tomorrow or this month or this week or this year you show you define what it means to do whatever it takes you define what it means to not give up I had to define that for myself I had to just say okay Michael this is what this means today this is what this means in this scenario in this season in this relationship what does that mean because you can't just say I'll do it and then you know not have any proactiveness to it there has to be an, a form of intentionality but that's what a choice is So we talked about earlier why is there not peace in the world well if you're and we talked about you're being led by the wrong thing Mm -hmm. if you're led by your choices rather than your natural tendencies and emotions you're going to have a greater result that you desire rather than the one that is produced for you Mm. and so you have so another way to put it is pastor keith likes to say are you living by design or default Right? right and so living by design takes a choice because you have to do something even when that's not your default Default is whatever happens today happens. And if I get mad at someone and snap, you know, that's... Sorry for them. Yeah. Like, and it's okay to say, hey, I did it, but I was trying really hard and it happened anyways and I needed... That's not what... That's that's design. You just are human. But to say, hey, if it happens and I'm not going to fight it because it's just natural, to me, that's not making a choice or you're making a choice to do something. You're making a choice to... To live in a way that's not going to produce the life that you most likely want, or at least the best life. I think we're, to be honest, I think we're always making choices. The question is, do you realize which choices you're actually making subconsciously mm. and which ones? So I heard this in treatment often, you, and the only way to change your subconscious is to make conscious choices. So you consciously choose to do things that changes your subconscious. Thinking about it on the drive this morning, actually, to get here. Well, I think
1: back to your point where you were saying, you know, that you heard your own voice in your head go. Hey man, you said you were gonna do it every whatever it took. Yeah. And so by making that conscious choice every time, that changed your subconscious mm-hmm. to go like, hey, you remember you said this? And you're yeah. like, Oh, you mofo <laughs> Why? Why do you gotta tell me this now? Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> and I think that's exactly right, because if you have the right things in the right places at the right times they will come up and and they will help you. Um, but if I don't train my muscles, even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't see the mountain that I have to climb that day or the Goliath that I have to fight someday, then the time when it comes, am I going to be ready? So we, when I went to ministry school, we were a very unorthodox school. <laughs> we were, as, as one of the pastors like to say, we were, the, we were like the Christian Marines. Uh, mm. we, were, we would just do crazy things, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. Everything, it wasn't just studying. We, we practiced what we chose to study, and that meant in every realm.
0: Well... I will have to say that it is it is time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there I, you go. I feel like this conversation could go on for another sure. hour and a half. Sure. Sure. Um, but uh, wow, you know, obviously we don't hang out enough, and I uh, <laughs> learned a little bit more about you today, and it just, uh, I, I'm so thankful for uh, you continuing to make that choice every morning, mm-hmm. because if you didn't, you wouldn't have changed my life. So, yeah. uh, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Man, I, I, I'm
1: I, no, nah, this is the, uh, last night. Isaiah woke up four times, and this morning before I left, Shannon said she was like, I feel like this is going to be an amazing podcast. This mm, morning, she said it, wow, she said it herself. She's good. like, I feel like this is going to be an amazing episode. Oh, wow! And I, I, I gotta, when I go back, I'm gonna be like, babe, you, like, <laughs> I'm blown away. Like, right. this is because I, I think, like you said, this was helpful. For there's like so listeners. many things you were talking about you're going to change the world and that's what scott has been speaking over this podcast Mm -hmm. every single time and i think by doing this and actually and also to your your testimony that you have Mm -hmm. i know this is going to help people Mm -hmm. i know this is going to help somebody that's out there that's like well how do i continue on how do i continue on i don't have any tools and i mean that's it's a simple tool that you what you've given right but and i think that specific tool is kind of a one-size-fits-all you got to you have to make a conscious effort, and that's what right. we've been speaking with. As far as the the, the entire armor yes. of God, everything—it's an action. You have to do this. Right. It's not. It does. You don't get up, yes. and it's just on. Right. You have to make a. You have to make a choice. Absolutely, a choice. and I
2: think that sometimes, and I like the way you said the one size fits all. And for anyone who miss might be misunderstanding that the one size fits all is not in the approach, right? The how, right? I'm very against the blanket statements and approach that because I just think people are too different that it's gonna fit everyone. Yeah. What I will say is the mindset, there are mindsets and there are principles, biblical principles and mindsets that are one size fits all. Yes. But the difference is how it may manifest or the or how those things are approached in your life. So maybe for example, for me, getting show up every day, do whatever it takes, don't give up, and choosing to move forward by choice and faith in God is going to look different. And my approach to yours today and to, and to Scott's today, but that doesn't, we're still, the, the principle and the mindset is the same. You still have yeah. to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And so I think that's important for everyone to realize. What we're not saying is, hey, like like you see in the infomercial, right, here, do this for three weeks and you have six-pack abs. Right. I'm not saying that. <laughs> um, what I am saying is, hey, the principle is your body has muscles. You have abs. And so you have fat and you have muscles. What we need to do is find a way to decrease one and increase the other. That's the mindset. How that may be for you is an action. And it's going to be maybe, different yeah. from everybody else. Yes. Yeah. The principle and the mindset is the same. You have to. We have to be willing to separate what the why and the what and the mindset versus the how. Because for each person, it may change. And day to day, it may change. I'd like to say every day is like this like smooth now and like i'm just like this machine and like oh my gosh every day is just easy now i have this rhythm and no uh i fight every day and there are days uh, i had one last week where i just was like it took me about eight hours of my day to wake up like i don't mean physically like wake up from the fog i was doing things sure but like mentally i was stressed i had a bunch of stuff we had some personal stuff happened. So I was feeling really just like guilty. And it was like really bad. It was just like a bad day. And I was like, I got to go work out. And it didn't take me until about four in the afternoon to actually like mentally and emotionally wake up. And I'm telling you guys, I just want to encourage you if I can, if I can say one more thing, is that all right? Man, I think the biggest, the biggest thing that i have always desired my desire for my story and that's still being written it's true it's not over um is i just want every person that could come in the vicinity of my voice to hear that there's hope so don't stop moving do not give up you may have been tried everything you've seen a bunch of people you've you've taken the meds, you've listened to the studies, you've heard the podcasts, you've had the blogs, you've you've tried the applications, you've spent the money, you've gone to the people, you've been hurt, you've been rejected, you've probably maybe even been abused. You, it's gone bad. None of it worked. <laughs> if, if you just heard my story, I'd know that pain. It took me 20 something years just to find out what the problem was. And now I go, I'm going through another probably X amount of years to fix it. And who knows if we ever will fully and maybe your journey, like, man, it's been 50 years and I haven't figured out the problem. Okay, but but you will. Keep but, going. Yeah, keep going. But I promise you, like, there has to be, you can't just say that it will and not do anything. There has to be a mental, I'm not even talking about your body. I'm talking about your mind. You have to believe that as best as you can. Even if there are days where you choose not to. Like there are days where I think, man, is God real? Like, is am I, if I messed it up the whole time, like maybe I was wrong. Today's a hard day and I just want to feel better. And I just, you know, like I have those days still, but I I bounce back. And so as, as, as hard as it is, as long as it takes to bounce back is whatever you got to do within the scope of the Bible to keep moving forward and believe that, I'm telling you, if you've tried it all, it will happen, it will happen. And you will come to a place because here's the thing, and and this is where the difference of mindsets and belief system and worldviews. If you choose to believe that God is real, and this is this is where I this was my decision in that moment. Where I had three options. If you choose to believe that God is real, and you believe that God's word is real, and you believe that it is the source of truth and that it is completely true, well then He has already said that He has a plan for you mm-hmm. that is to prosper and not to harm you. That He yeah. has came to give you life right. and life abundantly, and in that moment. I did not see that. I was in my worst, darkest moment and seeing that promise going, well, it's not now. But I had to believe, not because I felt it, not because I could see a way out, not because I had someone there coaching me. I just had to say, you know what, if, I, if I'm if i going to believe that, then I have to believe that someday it's going to happen. And so I'm just going to keep walking in that direction and know that again, every day doesn't have to be Superman. like. Success just keep moving in the direction of the place you want to go and eventually you'll get there if that's running if that's crawling if that's One of us pulling you. I have had times where I was being pulled. I was being Codependent and there's a season where we need help now I had to come out of that and not be relying on people anymore, but but just be willing To believe that God can bring you out wants to bring you out. Will you bring you out eventually? And I just believe you will. And you'll have a story that'll change the world. Amen. Um, the greatest time I... And by the way, just in, in case you were wondering about purpose, man, I think the reason that you may be going through whatever you're going through is because your purpose is connected. Because the greatest... One of the best times I ever felt, like like truly felt like, man, there's a purpose for me in this world. So when I heard Rick Warren say, your greatest pain will become your greatest ministry. And here I am now telling you in front of however many listeners you have a story that's ministering to others because of the greatest pain that I've ever felt mm. thus far.
0: Doesn't seem fair sometimes, does it?
2: it? It doesn't. But until... See, see, that's the thing, though. Like, I'm also a fitness professional for, for many years, and it doesn't f- seem a lot of things when you're in the mists of the workout at the end when you're pushing for that last rep. But when you finish... Revelation comes and you go man. I didn't know I could do them. So glad I did it now I get to go help people and it's awesome So you can't that's what I'm saying You can't live based on how you feel because otherwise you'll stop short You have to live based on your choice of the of the future that you believe even though you don't see the vision That's out there even though it hasn't come to fruition the principle that you've stood by even though it doesn't make sense like it's not it doesn't make emotional sense and so you can't keep living that way. I've tried, and every time I think I'm gonna, it's gonna pan out, it doesn't. And so every time I think it's gonna work, it it just leaves me in 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 more confusion or ruin or dissatisfaction. And that and that includes sin that looks so tempting and appealing. And so I just wanted to tell you that for whoever's listeners, man, if you're struggling, you're just wondering if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There is, but even if you don't see it, you have to believe that it's there, and you just keep walking because eventually, before you know it, you'll be out of that tunnel and he'll be praising God. Okay, so the best thing I can give, this this, this Psalm right here, and then I'll finish. This was the Psalm, this was the, the scripture that brings me tears even still today to hear it. This is what I leaned on, I think maybe during, but definitely after, because this was the revelation. Was Psalms 40, Psalms 40. So I would encourage you, anyone who's in this is resonating or connecting at all with what we're talking about today. Like Psalms 40, go find it, write it down, put it on a card, put it in front of your face. Along with Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, and if we're going to talk about peace, Matthew eight twenty three, that story, and a lot of other scriptures. But um, Psalm forty it said, "God, God pulled me out." This is David, I think it's David speaking. God pulled me out of the pit, the muck, and the mire uh, of despair. He put a new song in my mouth, and because of that song, people have gotten to know God. Hmm. And literally, that's like, that's like, that's the story of struggle, victory. You struggle, you're in the pit, you're in the muck, you're in the mire, you're in despair, and God is saying he's gonna pull you out. Now he's may not telling you when, he's not telling you how. I didn't know years ago when it was gonna happen for me. But he's telling you he will. And not only that, he's gonna put a new song. Because right now you're singing pain and you he eventually you will be singing praise. And you will be singing good things. And because you do that, just like because I did, now you get to hear this and hopefully your life has changed. You're gonna be doing it and someone else's life is gonna be changed. And people are not only gonna know God, but they're gonna know the truth and it's gonna set them free and it's because you chose every day to do whatever it takes, uh, show up to that day and and, and to not give up. So,
0: man, uh, Like I said, I feel like this could go on for a while. And as a matter of fact, we have to have you back on because we didn't get to your core values. So, oh, okay. we'll, yeah, we'll yes. figure we'll figure some time out to have uh, okay, there you go. a little uh, a little different, little different discussion. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh,
2: Did we answer the topic for the day though? I, I think so, I think, yeah. I think we definitely went okay, where, <laughs> where the Holy Spirit wanted us yeah. to go, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think that was that was powerful. Um, Alan, awesome. so if people want to get a hold of us.
1: Uh if people want to get a hold of us, you can email us at mightyanvilpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at and Facebook at Mighty an- the mighty Anvil. Uh pass that if you can if you want to listen to the website and not download an app or subscribe to a actual podcast through the app you can go to com and find all seasons in every single episode
0: nice well next week we have Bick Whitener which is uh, an amazing story on its own uh, he drove out here from Alabama just to be on the podcast wow. I was blown away by amazing. the generosity on yeah. that, that
2: yeah. what a great heart
0: right uh, I'm not sure if you've ever met him but he I moved haven't. away from uh, ELC about 7-8 years ago okay but uh, yeah, we have him and Alan was out having a baby. Well, my wife was having a baby. Yeah, your wife was having a baby. Yes. Get clarification. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we had uh, Chuck Phelps join us uh, during that conversation. So that'll be next week, Michael. Uh, one of the things we like to have done is have our guests pray us out. So oh, if you yeah. would uh, give us the honor,
2: absolutely. Right on. God, we just we praise you and we thank you for every good thing in our life, and I would say every difficult thing that you've allowed. Because I believe that with you allowing those things in our life, there was a good purpose, uh, that there was praise to come, there was revelation, there was growth, and there was a, an impact just waiting to happen that would not only bring satisfaction and a life full for us, but also for life change for other people. And so I just thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story today. Thank you to these guys for, for having me. It was such a blessing and an honor. I pray we bless them and their podcasts and their listeners to continually grow closer to you to grow closer to the people in their life that you've put in their life and to be able to live the lives that they were meant to live, God. I pray that for every person who connected with something we spoke to, uh, I spoke about today, God, that they would have uh, a revelation of the decisions that they now believe they can make, that God, they would believe that they have power that they, uh, of Christ, of God in them to make these decisions. That they would not believe that they are powerless. That they they would not believe that there is no hope. That they would not believe that the timing is just never going to happen. That there's just not enough resources or not enough money or not enough uh, wisdom or understanding or knowledge or science to help them to live at peace every day, to keep moving forward, to showing up, to doing whatever it takes, to not giving up. Because if they believe those lies, God, they're going to live a life based on those lies. And That's not how you designed us to live. You designed us to live based on truth And so I pray in Jesus name that you would remove those lies in their life That you would bring truth to their hearts and their minds which would bring freedom and they would start every day Every moment as best as they can not perfect, but just doing what they can do to make a decision to do what's needed to be done for as long as it needs to be done to have the the mindset that's needed so they can get through what they're going through Uh, and have a breakthrough so that they can uh, live the life they're meant to live and to change the lives around them. Thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the life that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Amen.